1: In just a few short days, many people around the world will celebrate Christmas. The question that needs to be asked is, what are people celebrating? With commercialism at an all-time high, and the world focusing more on Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and Great Thursday, Pastor Rander thinks it's time to point out the true meaning of Christmas. He'll be teaching from the book of John, chapter 3, verse number 16. Now let's listen in.
2: Let's pray, and Father, we thank you for this Christmas season. Thank you, Father, for all You've allowed us to experience this year the challenges, the trials, and the joys. Help me now to preach in the power of the Spirit. Let me say no more, no less than what you've ordained and help the, pe- help the people to be still and know that you're God and not allow their minds to wander and directions and uh, tune our hearts to your word that someone would come to know you, refocus upon you this Christmas season. In Jesus name and all God's children said. Amen. Have your Bible. Uh, You say, boy, do we need a Bible for this scripture? Yes. Go and turn there. It's John 316. I know you know it, but you know what? You don't want to get so familiar with scripture that you don't think you have to turn to it. I don't I'm not that good. Even if you know it by memory, God wants to speak to your heart in a special uh, and fresh way. Okay. the scripture says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And from this passage of scripture, I want to preach the true meaning of Christmas. The true meaning of Christmas. As a matter of fact, you want to know what Christmas is all about? It's tucked in this verse, a verse that we uh, know so well. This actually is a Christmas verse. It speaks of God the Father sending his beloved son to the world, the greatest gift in human history. If you were, if you were to ask people what Christmas is all about, you would get different answers from different people. For example, people would say Christmas is about gift-giving, it is about family, others will say Christmas is about that delicious home-cooked meal, others will say Christmas is about Christmas trees, decorations, Santa Rudolph, sports movies, parties, and shopping events. And shopping events such as Great Thursday, Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, and Cyber Monday. They're headed toward every day of the week. That's a lot of days. And people rush to wait in line and even stampede like animals to get that hot commodity, even at the cost of hurting, fighting and killing others, just to get a sale. Sadly, this culture has become so ungodly, so unchurch and materialistic that people, and even worse, those who say they are Christian, actually miss the true meaning and essence of what Christmas is all about. Beloved, Christmas is about God sending sending his one and only son into the world to save the peoples from their sins. John 3.16 says, let's say it together, for God... That he gave, but have everlasting In that verse is Christmas. Well, if if we're going to celebrate Christmas, Christmas is about who? Jesus, right? So the question is, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Number one, let me just tell you who Jesus is. And we talk about his name and we mention his name and we pray in that name. But we need to we need to know something about the name Jesus. Jesus is savior. His name is salvation. his name is deliverance. Luke 19 10 says for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's what Christmas is all about. Getting Lost folks say Jesus came to save inherent in his name is salvation. The gospel of John, chapter three, verse 17 and 18 says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. That means to judge the world, but that the world through him might be saved. In other words, saved means delivered, rescued. Verse 18, he who believes in him is not condemned. In other words, not judge, but he who does not believe. Is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. My beloved, I submit to you today that so great was the love of God for fallen humanity that he gave his one and only son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to save sinful humanity. And those who place their faith and hope and trust in Christ alone will have everlasting life with him in heaven. Jesus is savior. Who is Jesus? Secondly, Jesus is king. Say king. Uh, In Matthew chapter 2 verses 1 and 2a says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? King of the Jews. In the gospel of John chapter 18 verse 37a, Jesus when questioned by Pilate, Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? What a profound question. He's questioning the Savior. Are you the king then? Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am king. For this cause I was born. In other words, Jesus in this passage affirms his own kingship. He affirms His own kingship. He says, you say rightly that I am king. By the way, who's on the throne of your life? (laughs) Let me just pause right there. Who's on the throne of your life? Is it yourself or is it King Jesus? My friends, he is either Lord of all or he is not Lord at all. He said, you say rightly, and I submit to you today that Jesus is king. Jesus. And with that verse, I want to say something here. Jesus did not come as heir apparent to the Roman throne or any other earthly throne. Jesus did not come as a regent. He did not come as an earthly prince. He did not come as a duke. But Jesus came as the Prince of Peace, the Savior, Lord, and King. Jesus is King. So not only, number one, Jesus is Savior. Number two, uh, we said Jesus is King. Who is Jesus? Number three, Jesus is truth. Say truth. First John 520 speaks uh, of the validity of the truth of Jesus. Uh, first John 520 says, And we know that the son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true in his name, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Look in this verse. You see truth, truth three times, true, true, true. Jesus is the true God. There's none like him and he alone uh, provides eternal life. No one else can do that, but King Jesus. In other words, when we say Jesus is truth. Let me just help you out a little bit. Jesus is the embodiment and essence of truth. He is the embodiment and essence of truth. In him was no dis no sin, no deceit in him was no guile, no deception, and no falsehood. Now, who in here can claim that? All of us in here have sinned. We all have deceived. We all have guile. We all have been involved in some kind of deception and we all have not been totally pure a hundred percent of the time. Only Jesus can make that claim. As a matter of fact, first Peter chapter two, verse 22 speaks of the sinlessness of Christ in first Peter two, 22. It says, who committed no sin. Nor was deceit found in his mouth. I don't want to ask you when the last time you lied. Because you might tell a lie in church. You don't have to think all the way back to January. Oh, well. Oh, uh, no. It have not been that long since we lied. It's, it, isn't it easy to lie? And some folk been lying so long, they can just tell a smooth lie. But in Christ is no guile, no deceit, no no dishonor, total truth. In other words, Jesus was born without sin and lived a totally pure and holy life. Even the angels in heaven continually worship King Jesus as a holy God. They affirm the holiness of God.
1: I think we'd all agree Christmas is a special time of year. It's a good time for seeing family and friends you may not have seen for a while. It provides a break from work or school. It also is a time for travel and entertainment. Though all of these are great, they don't touch on what's most important about this holiday. Join us today as Pastor Rander continues to remind us about the true meaning of Christmas. He'll be speaking from the book of John, chapter 3, verse number 16.
2: In Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1, 2, and 3. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1, 2, and 3. I just love this passage. You say you say that about all the passages. I know. I just love the Bible. In Isaiah 6, 1 through 3 is a wonderful passage that I never can just get used to. It says, in the year that King Uzziah, I know some of you say Uzziah, either way, go ahead. Uzziah died. (laughs) I saw the Lord sitting on a throne. and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple above it stood seraphim each one had six wings with two he covered his face with two he covered his feet and with two he flew angels can fly y'all and one cried to another and said holy 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 is the Lord of hosts the whole earth is full of his glory Mighty day, just just all every day, holy, 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 acknowledging and affirming the holiness of God. <laughs> Who is Jesus? Jesus, my friend, is the only way. the only that make folk mad as hell. But they can get as mad as hell is still the gospel truth. <laughs> John 14, six says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. You can't get by me. You can't get around me. You can't get over me. You can't go under me. You got to come through me. That's it. Not through Buddha. Not through Islam. Not through Shintoism. And any other ism through me, Jesus. Acts 4:12 says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. No other name, not a draper name, not a Martin Luther King name, not a whoever name you can think of, not a not a not any other name, no other name, but the name. Jesus. In other words, God sent his one and only son because the only way to be reconciled back to God and have peace with him is through Jesus Christ alone. Only way you can have peace is through Jesus. These verses speaks of the exclusivity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is the only way into the kingdom of God. And if you don't have Jesus, you are lost and you're headed to a Christless eternity without God in hell, which will ultimately end up in the lake of fire, according to Revelation 20. Who is Jesus? Fifthly, Jesus is God. Wow. That's why he's the only way, because he is God. I love that passage in the great passage in the Gospel of John Chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, and then skip down to verse 14. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In other words, the the virgin birth of Jesus was not the beginning of God. Jesus was with God in the beginning. The virgin birth was, was the beginning of his humanity on earth, his humanness on earth. But Jesus was with God. In the beginning. When was that? How long was that go? In the beginning. That's all we can say. It was so, it was so far back there. All you can say is what? In the beginning. He was in the beginning with God because he was God. Verse 14 says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth. John 14, 9 and 11 says, Jesus said to him, have I been so long with you so long and yet you have not known me? Philip, come on now. Come on, man. Haven't you seen enough to know who I am by now? Get over it, man. What else do I have to do? In other words, he who has seen me has seen the father. In other words, Jesus was the exact copy of God. He, he was a exact, exact copy. It's like looking at a, 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 a photograph of a person. And that's the, that's the best we can do with this thing because we're not humanists. Jesus Christ is the exact copy of God on earth. I mean, the, the, the heavens declare the glory of God and, and all of these things. But this is the supreme example. The prophet came and talked about Jesus and preached about Jesus and was stoned for the sake of Jesus and God. But God, but God says I'm going to do you more than my creation. I'm going to do you more than the prophets. I'm going to send my one and only Son. And I'm going to announce to you today that He is He is God. Verse 11 says: Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the works themselves in other words my miracles attest and validate that I am God in other words these passages are saying my friend Jesus was not only a man he was not only a great teacher he was not only a great prophet he was God in human flesh which means incarnation all of that was who is Jesus I hope that helped allow me to transition now to why did Jesus come now that we know who he is Why did he come? This is what Christmas is all about. I'm talking about the true meaning of Christmas. Why did he come? Number one, Jesus came because of the Father's love. He came because of the Father's love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoso believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. In other words, a fallen and depraved humanity was headed to a Christless eternity. But the Father's love provided salvation for a world that was in despair and hopelessness. Love was provided through Jesus Christ. He was the only hope in the midst of a fallen, dog, decadent world. Jesus came because of the Father's love. Number two, he came to save us from our sins. That's why he came. That's what the birth of Christ is all about. In Bethlehem of Judea, uh, he came to save us from our sins. Matthew 1, 21 says, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Jesus did not come to save uh, a tree. Did not come to save dogs. That's right. You may not like that. You say, Don't talk about Lassie. He did not come to save Lassie. That's right. He didn't come to save the owl. He didn't come to save some kind of uh, endangered species or some kind of salmon salmon or something like that jesus came to save people people say people, people. he came to save people black people Ooh, black folk need jesus white folk hispanic folk Japanese folk Russian folk Italian folk huh European folk New Zealanders Africans, Jesus came to save presidents, came to save those from the outhouse to the white house. Jesus came to save people. In other words, sin is an incurable spiritual disease inherited from our foreparents. You say, where did I get this sin stuff from? This sin that's from you your mama and your daddy. Oh, my mama and daddy gave me that. yeah, they did. You came out of them, you inherited where did they get it from? Their mom and daddy. Who else? How did it? Their mama, daddy, mama, daddy, mama, daddy, mama, daddy, mama, daddy. All the way back to Adam and Eve. Wow. So sin is an incurable spiritual disease inherited from our foreparents, Adam and Eve. And the only cure for our sin sick condition is the blood of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15.22 says, For as in Adam all die. You know why? Because Adam is the federal head of the human race. That when Adam, we sinned in Adam. When Adam and Eve, they were the human race. And when they failed, we fell in Adam and Eve. But the second Adam, Jesus Christ, came and, and saved us out of what uh Adam messed us up in. First Corinthians 15:22 says four. In Adam all died, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Number three, why did he come? He was the only one qualified to be our savior and redeemer. The only one qualified to be our savior and redeemer. Second Corinthians 521 says, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. In other words, Jesus was holy and he was he he was without sin in order to take on our sins. Hebrews 10, 11, and 12 says, and every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices. Another bull, another goat, another sheep, another uh, bull, another goat, another sheep, pigeons, doves, whatever, which can never take away sins. That's why they had to keep offering over and over again because those sin offerings, they could never fully atone sins. But this man, I like that. Say this man. That verse speaks of the humanity of Jesus Christ. But this man, this God-man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, forever sat down at the right hand of God. In other words, Jesus Christ was the only divine sufficient substitute who could totally satisfy the wrath and righteous demands of a holy and just God. The blood of Jesus Christ was the only thing that can satisfy the wrath as well as the righteous demands of a holy and just God. Jesus sat down. You see, you see that in the verse? Jesus sat down at the right hand of God because his redemptive sacrificial work was complete. He was through. It never again will there be another sacrifice for sins. Forever finished. Now some of y'all sitting down and you've never started to serve God. Why did Jesus come? hopefully Jesus came to defeat Satan. He came to defeat Satan. In Hebrews 2.14, it says, Inasmuch then as the children have, have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same. In the same what? Flesh and blood. That through death he might destroy him who hath the power of death. That is the devil. Now, there is a devil. If you don't believe there's a devil, you've really been duped. You really messed up. And Satan have Made folk to think that there is no devil, but there is a devil and he's real and his works are manifested everywhere. First John three, eight says he who sins is of the devil for the devil has sinned from the beginning for this purpose. The son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. He came, my friends, to defeat Satan. And let me tell you, he defeated him big time. Jesus partook flesh and blood to defeat Satan and his works. Satan is fighting a losing battle. That's his nature. He already knows his destiny. What he wants to do is bring as many folk into eternal damnation as he possibly can. And and, and listen, the closer we get to the return of Christ, the busier that devil's gonna get. The busier he's gonna get. He's at work but he's been disarmed through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In other words, he is fighting a losing battle under the feet of Jesus and his ultimate end is to be cast into the lake of fire. Revelation 20.10. In Revelation 20.10 it says, uh, the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophets are and, and they will be tormented day and night. How long? Forever
1: and ever. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching and would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit maranatha.sa.org, where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North, Converse, Texas 78109.